0: Good morning, people of God. This is the day that the Lord has made, and let us rejoice and be glad in it. I am Minister Marie Cofield, and I welcome you on behalf of the Zion Hill family here in Pineville, Louisiana, for worshiping with us this morning. Let us start our day off with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come this day thanking you. For you are good, and your mercy endureth forever. Heavenly Father, we invite you in this morning to have your way. Do what you want to do, oh Father God. Lord, we will yield our vessels to you, oh God, to worship you today in spirit and in truth. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Oh, God, we thank you for what you're going to do. And we bless your name, oh, God. For all those who are here this morning, oh, God, we say thank you. For all those who are streaming around the world with us, oh, God, we say thank you, oh, God. We bless you, Father God. Bless your people in a mighty way, oh, God, through song, through worship, and through your word on today, oh, God. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: If
2: you don't mind right where you are, stand with us and praise and worship the Lord this morning. And let's declare his favor, his power, and his glory over this land. There's a river running, and it never will run dry. Lord rain, Lord rain, the floodgates are open, and it never will run dry. Lord rain, Lord rain, there's a river running. Come on, let the glad to the Lord, what we want him to do, release your payment. Jump and dance in the rain. Jump and dance in the rain. rain. Somebody move around a little bit. Jump and dance in the rain. Yeah. Jump and dance. Help my heart believe, so I can tell all of my friends, you have one again. If you want to receive it, you want to lift your hands right there and tell him, let your power fall. Fight this battle for me Help my believe, So I can tell All of my friends That you have won again We've all won We just need him to let his part the haters and the doubters and the people that's praying against you prove the doubters wrong yeah, yeah you're still mighty and strong this is what I need you to do for me God fight this battle for me be behind me as I fight God, this is what I need Fight this battle Oh yeah This is what I did you to do Fight Be there the witness that you won again. again all of the news outlets will say you won again you have won again you won you won again and because you win I win you won again say so you have won again you have I'm talking to somebody to tell you you're going to win. You're a winner. Every battle that you fight, you'll win. Sweet. Oh, man.
3: Hill Church family. We are located in the city of Pineville, Louisiana, USA. Thank you for joining us this morning. Those of you who are watching us local, statewide, nationally, internationally, we appreciate every one of you. I pray that something will be said or done today that will increase your faith. Thanks to those of you who are present in the house of God. We love every one of you. Amen. If you have your Bible, will you please turn to the book of Second Samuel? The book of Second Samuel, chapter 23. And we're going to read two verses verses 11 and verse 12. The book of 2 Samuel chapter 23 verse 11 and verse 12. The Bible says, And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Hararites and the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils and the people fled from the Philistines but he, Mr. Shama stood in the midst of the ground And he defended it. And he slew the Philistines. And the Lord wrought a great victory. Please remain standing. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for the word of God. Holy Spirit, I thank you for everyone that is present under the sound of my voice. Everyone that is listening on radio or live streaming or watching on TV. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will penetrate our hearts with word of truth. Reveal yourself to us in a very special way. Give me the grace, the anointing to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I thank you that lives will be changed. I thank you that there will be healing in our body. I thank you that the captives will be set free. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you for a few minutes on the subject titled, Enough is Enough. Enough is enough. The passage I just read to your hearing is a story of a man. The Bible gave us his name. His name is Shama. Somebody shout, Shamma. Shama. Mr. Shama owned a farm, and he grew lentils in that farm. That's a fancy word for peace. The Bible said during harvest time, the Philistine, the enemy of Israel, will come and they will steal everybody's harvest. Ladies and gentlemen, this was going on for a long, long time in Israel. Please take note, it means every year Shama will do the cultivation of his land. Shama will plant his crop. He will grow his crop. He will water his crop. He will do all the labor. He will keep the weeds out. But as soon as it's time for the harvest, here comes the enemy. The enemy will come and steal everything he got. But one day, Shaman said to himself, enough is enough. The Bible said he stood his ground, he fought back, and he defeated the enemies. And the Bible said the Lord won victory that day. That's the story in a nutshell. What lessons can we learn from that biblical story? Number one, there comes a time in your life and in my life when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. There comes a time when you're tired of being put down. There comes a time when you get tired of being defeated. There comes a time when you, when you get tired of being slapped around. And you say to yourself, I'm not going to take this anymore. Enough is enough. Ladies and gentlemen, let me be honest with you. If you allow the devil, he will take your inheritance. If you allow the devil, he will steal what belongs to you. Ladies and gentlemen, what you are seeing right now on television, you're hearing it on radio nationwide, is basically men and women, black and white, ordinary men and even uh, law enforcement officers, protesting, marching together. Some even risk their life. Don't forget this is, we are in the midst of COVID-19. But when people have had enough, they get to the point they say, look, I can't take this anymore. Enough is enough. Enough of what? Enough of racism. Enough of prejudice. Enough of lynching. Enough of telling people they're criminal before they can even spell the word crime. Enough of telling people they are less before they even know how to add or subtract. Enough of trying to define people you don't even know. Enough is enough. Why will you perceive somebody as criminal and dangerous when you don't even know who he is? Why will you perceive somebody as low achievers and rebellious and disrespectful and violent and loud and inferior and you have no idea who this person is? Why are there so much injustice in the land? Why are there so much inequality Mr. Sharma said, I've had enough of this. Enough is enough. He said to the enemy, this is my land. This is my farm. This is my crop. This is my livelihood. This is my harvest. This is my country. Enough is enough. And I believe with all my heart, it's time for you and me to tell the devil, enough is enough. Please take note in this passage in the scripture, Shaman was not the only one affected. All of Israel was affected. They will all grow their crops. They will all work hard and labor during the year. And the enemy will sit back and wait for the time of harvest. And they come and steal what belongs to them. But ladies and gentlemen, but Shammah stand out. The Bible says Shammah stu- stood his ground. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a lesson there for all of us. Not only did he stood his ground, the Bible says, and the Lord Won the battle. That ought to let you know when you stand your ground for what belongs to you. The victory is not just yours. The victory is the Lord. There's another lesson we ought to pick from this passage. Ladies and gentlemen, notice the power of one. The power of change always begins with one. Are you listening to me this morning? Whether it's the Nancy Mandela of this world, whether it's Miss Rosa Park of this world, whether it's Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. of this world, one person can make a difference. And that one person may well be you this morning those of you who are watching on television, listening on radio, this may be the season, the hour for you to stand up and be counted. You will have to decide if you're going to be that one person. You will have to decide whether you're going to be that one person Or whether you're going to be the person who always waits for somebody else to get it done. It's a matter of personal responsibility. There are many people that God has called and they don't even know it. There are many people that God called but they're always whining and complaining. I'm the one who has to work. I'm the one who have to get groceries. I'm the one who have to pay the bills. I'm the one who have to cook. I'm the one who have to wash dishes. I'm the one who have to pick up the kids. And you're just making excuses, excuses, excuses. Instead of recognizing God has chosen you to be the one who will make the difference in your generation. Ladies and gentlemen, look at Mr. Shaman. Yes all of Israel was running but he stood his ground when you discover that God has called you that you are the one then you'll stop being intimidated by the gifting of other people you will stop being intimidated by the talents of other people many of you are called many of you you have been chosen but you just don't know it. I will submit to you the reason you are being attacked like you are right now is because you're the one. The devil knows you're the one. And the devil always picks upon the one. The devil always set traps for the one. The devil always have you on his hit list when you are the one. Some of the challenges I face in ministry in life, I can't even cry if I want to. It finally dawned on me for this purpose. God has set me aside. I want to talk to someone under some crazy attack now and you don't even know why. Attacks that come that don't even make any sense. Attacks that come to you that blindsided you. You don't even see it coming. You see what the enemy understood about you is that you the one. And he marked you. And if he can stop you, he know he can stop the whole community. He can stop our whole generation. The reason why Abraham have to leave his friends and leave his kindred and leave his family and leave the familiar surroundings is because he's the one. When God gets ready to use you in a big way, he'll call you to himself. The reason why you look like a misfit to many people, the reason why you feel isolated and separated and look like you can't fit in into, into their circle is because you're the one. The reason why you never accept it, the reason why you're not a part of the club is because you're the one. I'll be honest with you, the reason why you don't like me The reason why you think I'm strange, the reason why you think I'm weird, I'm different, because I know I'm the one. Ladies and gentlemen, that is why I always tell everybody in this church, you don't have to kiss up to nobody. You don't have to join no clique. Just know who you are in Christ and have the audacity to be who God called you to be. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason why I will not roll over without a fight is because I know who I am in Christ. You ought to look at somebody right now and say, "Neighbor, I'm going to change my world. Say it like you mean it. I'm going to change my world. I'm going to leave it better than I found it. I'm not going to leave this world the same way I found it. I will make it better. I will change my world for the better. I refuse to be born and died and leave no sign that I was here. The Bible says, while you pass through the valley of Becca? make it a well. In other words, God knew the world is going down. And he said, while you passing through. Make it better. Change your world for the better. Change it for the glory of God. I don't know about you. I'm going to do something. I'm going to make a dent. A mark. If I have to just scrap the world before I go. I'll make it better than I found it. For those of you who now realize the power of God is upon your life to make the world better. Let me give you some warning as you journey this calling of, of your life. Number one, make sure you're not distracted. There's a lot of distraction in this world. The devil will offer you plenty of opportunity to be distracted. Don't get into pettiness. You have to stay focused. Don't lose your cool on mundane stuff. The Africans have a proverb. They say if you're carrying an elephant meat on your head, you should not be wasting your time using your feet to look for a cricket. Ladies and gentlemen, stay focused. When you are pregnant with a miracle, you cannot be acting like everybody else. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I will also warn you, watch out for religion. Religion, as as pretty as the sun, can be the greatest enemy of progress. How can you say that, Brother Pastor? In times like these, when people are marching, people are protesting trying to find ways to make the world better. Some Christians will tell you, well, we shouldn't do all that. Let's just pray about it. Religious people will tell you, well, let's just leave it alone. Let God fight our battle. They have a a clever way of discouraging you to be a shaman for your generation, to stand up and be counted for righteousness. Religious people will tell you, oh, the system is all right. It's just few bad apples. No, the devil is a lie. It's not few bad apples. The system is toxic. Don't tell me to just pray. Ain't nothing wrong with praying. But ladies and gentlemen, faith without work is dead. Can you imagine David walking into the camp, seeing a big Goliath in front of him, cursing all of Israel, and all of Israel is hiding in their foxhole, and he said, well, let's just pray. David confronted the Goliath of his generation. I believe it's time for us to do just like David. He ran towards the enemy. He didn't run from the enemy. We need to do just that. We need to tell old Pharaoh, let my people go. We need to do like Mr. Shaman, get out of my land. This is my land. This is my harvest. This is my country. Enough is enough. I believe with all my heart, churches have responsibilities to deal with the problem of racism. The churches have an obligation to deal with the problem of racism. But the truth be told, church has difficult history when it comes to racism. Ladies and gentlemen, if the truth be told, you look at the history of the church, number one, we've been complacent. Number two, the church has been a participant in racism. Yes, I said it. Number three, the church has been silent. We don't like to deal with complicated issues. We like to pretend as if it's not there. Every oh, praise the Lord. Oh, it's a beautiful day. Brother Pastor, how can you say that? Well, you know our history during slavery. The slave traders, they build a dungeon in my neck of the wood in Ghana. Accra, Ghana. By the way, that's where my wife grew up. Ghana, West Africa. They build a dungeon there. And they bring the slaves in. And in this dungeon, they pack them out like sardines, defecating on each other, urinating on each other. And then they have castles on top, of the, on top of the dungeons. They will host them the women and take them to be raped in the castle. But what is so sad for religion right on top of that castle is a chapel where they're singing and praising God and see doing all the evils. Where is the church? Enough is enough. You say, brother pastor, I'm sorry, I didn't know all those history. Well, if you don't know history, you ought to know the Bible. Luke chapter 10, beginning from verse 25, the story was told of the good Samaritan. You heard it. And the churches will preach about the Good Samaritan. The need for you to be nice, to be kind. But if you notice, the church hardly preach about the Levi in that story. The church hardly talks about the priest in that story. The priest is symbolic of the church. The Levi are people ministering in the church. Guess what they did? They saw somebody hurting. They saw somebody wounded. Guess what they did? They looked the other way. There is a danger in seeing wrong and you remain silent. It doesn't take a brainer to know racism is an affront to the gospel of Jesus Christ. First we have to acknowledge we got this problem of racism. We can no longer ignore it. We cannot afford just to be silent. We have to acknowledge. Darling, say Houston, we got problem. Ladies and gentlemen, the church cannot just be preaching about grace of God and ignoring the truth. Jesus came in grace and in truth. While we are preaching the grace of God, we also have to speak the truth to our generation. The truth be told, the system is toxic. This is not a fight against white people. This is not a fight against the police officers or law enforcement. This is not a fight against person. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We are fighting our toxic system. Too much double standard. So much inequality. So much injustice. That's what we are up against. What we need to do, ladies and gentlemen, as a society, from the White House to the Crack House, from the Crack House to the White House, we need to level the playing field. That's it, that's it, that's it. It. This is not about black or white or Jews and Gentile. Level the playing field. Let's get the same rules that apply for everybody. We're not asking for no handout. Just level the playing field. And when the playing field is level, black folks always do well. We knew the rules in NFL. So we win all the time. We knew the rules. In NBA, so we win all the time. So how can we be so good on the court, but off the court, we don't know nothing. We need to level the playing field. We're asking for every man, every woman to be treated equally. Whenever the rules are clear, we do well. It's when we begin to change the rules Is when we begin to mess with the rule in the middle of the game. We need to tell the truth and shame the devil. I bet if I take a poll right in this house, many of you have been stopped needlessly just because you're black. I'm a living witness. I worked 17 years in this city and I still got stopped. None of my degrees could save me. Few blood from my own church coming from the house of God. Stop. And then when they found out, oh, he's the preacher with the hood on. They say, oh, we are so sorry. What if I'm not the preacher? Come on, Let's level the playing field. Let's treat everybody the same. It's time for us to speak up and stand for the truth. No more excuses. No more silence. No more looking the other way. Take authority in your generation. I don't come here to make anybody feel guilty. I've come to challenge you with what does says the Lord. i come to Let you see the call of God upon your life. I come to let you know this is not a time to be lukewarm. Of what good to be working hard every day of your life. This system is set up in a tricky way. You see, there are places that people can go to in police in the community and they just sit there and watch for you. And then they give you a ticket. Oh, I saw you. you you speeding here. No, you're no, your, your Officer, I'm not speeding. Are you trying to tell me I'm a liar? Pam, that's a ticket. Deal with it, reverend. Then you're going to stop you again. Oh, your tail light is broken. Pam, that's another ticket. And now you find people who are already struggling, now they have to decide whether they're going to pay their rent or they're going to pay for tickets. Now you have to decide whether you bring groceries to feed your children or whether you're going to be paying the system. And now even after you get through paying all that mess, then you don't have no disposable income. You can make no investment. Then you begin, uh, and God forbid they catch you again. Now they stuck you in a system. Come on. Come on, enough is enough. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. The heart of Jesus is to love everyone. That's why I'm so grateful for every white man, every white woman that is joining in this protest. I'm so grateful for every law enforcement officer, even with your uniform, to say, yes, I believe in this. Let me match with you. Let me dance with you. We don't fight flesh and blood. The devil is a bad devil. Whenever you school a group of people, there's a desire to be included. That's what we're fighting about. We're not fighting anybody. We want to be included. The preamble of the Constitution says we hold this truth as evidence that all men are created equal. Doggone if we are created equal, why are you treating me different? We can sit back and just let this go on. When you see men and women in the midst of COVID-19, you say, yes, I know it's not safe out there, but I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I got to stand up. And I challenge every one of us here whether you're called to march, or whether you're called to be in the office, at the table, challenging the system, whether you're called to legislate, whatever is your calling, stand up for righteousness, stand up for holiness, stand up for what is right. And the Lord will win the, the victory. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you. You better stand up and be counted. It's time for righteousness. Ladies and gentlemen, you know people want to know what are we fighting for. I'll tell you what we're fighting for. We are fighting for equality. We are fighting for justice. We're fighting for no more discrimination. We are fighting racism. We are fighting poverty. We are fighting unemployment, police brutality, mass incarceration. Everything that every citizen is entitled to. We're not asking for no more. Ladies and gentlemen, and I say it again, we're not fighting. No flesh. The Bible made it clear, it's not flesh and blood. But wherever the devil raises ugly head, that's where the fight belongs. If he's using a preacher, then we need to fight him. If he's using the police department, then we're going to fight him. If he's using the city council, we're going to fight him. If he's using the White House, we're going to fight him. If he's using the governor's mind, we're going to fight it. If he's using a snake, it don't matter. Where the devil raises his ugly head. That's where the fight belongs. And you know I will say this in conclusion. When we fight, we win. Did you hear what I said? I come from a generation of fighters. My forefather is a fighter. The originator of my family, a fighter, made a living fighting for generations. If you don't fight for what belongs to you, nobody will give it to you. And when we fight, we win. Remember the Declaration of Independence, 1776, it came about because somebody fought. Remember the Civil War, 1861, it happened because somebody fought. Remember the Emancipation Proclamation in 1862, it came about because somebody fought. Ladies and gentlemen, and I happen to be a lawyer, there are a truckload of cases showing case after case. When we fight, we win. Power versus Alabama, 1932 case, we fought, we won. Shelley versus Kramer, 1948, we fought, we won. Brown versus Board of Education, 1954, we fought, we won, over and over again. What makes the difference is when people are willing to be counted, like Shama, when people say, it's enough, it's enough. Why do you think we have the Civil Rights Act of 1964? because somebody fought. Why do you think we have the 14th right of 1965? Because somebody fought. Why do you think we have Fair Housing Act of 1968? Because somebody was willing to fight. I challenge you, brothers and sisters, seize the moment. The Bible said God won the victory because one person, Shaman, was willing to stand up and be counted. And if you cannot fight, get out of the way. You have no business trying to lead my people if you're not a fighter. You need to go sit down. And you know what is so amazing about all these? Not only am I asking you to stand up and be counted, not only am I telling you don't be distracted, keep your eyes on the prize and hold on, not only am I telling you don't back down, don't back off, don't be silenced, but when you look at the record, every one of our forefathers that make life better for you and me, It's because they were willing to stand up for righteousness. It's because they were willing to do the right thing. They don't mind being rejected. They don't mind being talked about. Because right is right. Who is going to speak for those who have no voice? I'm sure I'm leaving a lot of legacy for my children. But the, the one thing I'm so proud of is to invest 20 years of my life to be a voice for the voiceless. What shall it profit you if you gain the whole world but you lose your soul? God is looking for some shaman in our generation. And you know what is amazing about people that fought before us? They have handed the baton to you and me. The question this morning, what are we going to do with it? You don't have to break into nobody's house. You don't have to loot any store. Those are distractions. Stay focused. Stay focused. Recognize who is the real enemy. Every generation has to deal with its own Red Sea. But with God on our side, we're able to cross on dry land. See, our forefathers did it. Had no will. They had no cell phone. Are you listening to me? They had no internet. Are you listening to me? They had no television. Are you listening to me? They had no social media. And yet they whooped the devil hands down. So what is your excuse? What is my excuse? The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. And he has anointed me. (laughs) Guess what he anointed me? To set the captives free. To preach the gospel to the poor. Somebody needs to say this morning, here am I. Lord, send me. I'm going to invite I worship Him to come back and lead us in worship. While they are coming, if you're watching me today and you say, Pastor, you're right, I'm ready to go. But let me tell you the secret of winning. Don't go by yourself. Take Jesus with you. Moses had that revelation. When God called him, he said, I will not go unless you, God, go with me. The starting point, the first base, is to accept Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. My brothers, my sisters, those of you under the sound of my voice, if you don't know Jesus Christ, I beg you, do not leave this room today without making him your Lord and your Savior. Those of you who are watching on television, those of you who are live streaming, there's a number under the screen. You can make that decision today and say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Dial that number. There's a preacher waiting to pray with you, to rejoice with you, to celebrate your decision to give your life to Jesus Christ. And before we sing let me encourage all of you before you leave today, if the Lord has put it in your heart to give for the work of the ministry, to support what God is doing here, there's an offering plate at the back of the church. Please feel free to leave your tithes and your offering. Somebody out there might say, Pastor, but I'm not in, in the building. I love what I'm hearing. I want to be a pastor of this fight I want to make my world a better place I appreciate that about you you can always go to our our website zionhill.com and right on that website there's an online giving opportunity give as the Lord prosper you and I promise you we will use every giving for the glory of God that's what this ministry is all about Thank you all for being here today. I loved you from the bottom of my heart. Let's go and make the world a better place. Will you please help me welcome my worship team one more time.
0: Come on and clap those hands like this. Come on. Come on, the Bible says in Romans 4 and 17 that we have the power and the authority to speak those things
2: that be not as though they are. Y'all believe that? So we're going to decree and declare that it is so, that this is the best day of our lives. Today will be the best day, the best day of our Today will be the best day of our life. Ooh. Today will be the best day, the best day of my life. what the Lord said. Has-